I thought I would start. I'm Maria Armudian. Um, I thought I would start first with kind of a context of what we're dealing with um, today being such a different time than yesterday's uh, mass media. But I think the, the main thing I want to start with is that no system, certainly not a democratic system, can function without accurate information, really solid information, good perspectives. I mean, even a biological system can't function without the right information. Think about DNA. And information is the DNA for a social system, just like your DNA is what makes your body function. It's information. When the information is flawed, things malfunction, systems malfunction. And if you don't have the proper information, perspective, and context, and backgrounds, how can we make decisions in a democratic society? And we are in a democratic society where we get to participate in what is next, and what our governments do, and who is representing us, and what we want them to do. So, you know, as we were talking about, gone are the days where we had a couple of daily newspapers and the broadcast networks, and now we have uh, really kind of a morass of information from which to choose. Um, and I think it's good and it's bad. It's good because all of us get to contribute to this public sphere that allows for a lot more perspectives of information that maybe the few gatekeepers, that's what they called them, in mass media might have missed. You know, they can't do everything. They're going to miss some things. But at the same time, there's a downside, which is we also don't have the gatekeepers who kept misinformation out, blatant lies out, you know, polarizing frames out. And so what happens in a system where societies split up and only go to one source or one group of sources and the other one goes to another group of sources, you end up with this kind of polarization, fragmentation, and people can't even agree on fundamental information. That is a problem in a society. And we've seen it, um, I studied it uh, for my book, uh, Kill the Messenger, I studied this, what happens when you get a polarized society. And it's, it can be pretty devastating. Um, especially when you end up with what I call, you know, blame frames and hate frames. But here in the U.S., since we're talking about here, I just thought I'd throw out a couple of, you know, things that people believe. Um, and, you know, we have to ask ourselves, where are they getting this information? This is uh, a Harris poll in 2010. 20% of Americans believe that President Obama was pursuing, quote, many of the same things Hitler was. Those with either a high school education or less were less likely to, uh, or even more likely to believe this comparison. 24%. Divided by power, it, uh, I'm sorry, divided by party, the numbers were really striking. More than one third of Republicans believed the Obama-Hitler information. In the same poll, among Republicans, 25% believe that President Obama may be the Antichrist. <laughs> Across all American adults, 14% believed in the Obama-Antichrist connection. More than one quarter of American adults, 29%, believe that Obama, quote, this is the thing, wants to turn over US sovereignty to a one-world government, that he resents American heritage, and that he is the, are you ready, domestic enemy that the US Constitution speaks of. 29, that's a third of your fellow Americans. 
So what I think what we're dealing with today is journalists for a long time have tried to establish uh, a standard, an ethic, um, you know, the two-source rule, maybe even a three-source rule before they would report something. And that has kind of gone out the window, not among the ethical journalists, but among a lot of people within the internet. And it's creating this sort of, what, you know, what do we believe? Um, and there's, in some situations, we even have bloggers who are getting paid to write information that is uh, going to cause polarization. I heard from some city council members, for example, who said a blogger called them and said, if you don't give me a contract, I'm going to run with this information. You know, that's pretty unethical, and it's completely the opposite of what ethical journalists are trying to do. So with this fragmentation, you have the institutions that are really trying to do great journalism that are ha facing dwindling resources, and they're not able to reach those audiences. You have um, a collapse of some of these institution, institutional norms. Um, you have polarized Americans. Some of these consequences have really big impacts, like in climate change. You know, back in the heyday when Al Gore was doing um, the documentary he did, you had most Americans, 77%, really understood there was solid evidence of global warming. But by 2010, what happened right before 2010? Climate gate, all over the blogs, right? 40%, only 40%, that's a huge drop understood the scientific realities that we were facing as uh, humanity. And only 12% were very worried about it. It's kind of no wonder we got no policy to deal with things like climate change. So with these limitations that ethical journalists have in trying to reach, you know, I don't want to call it across the aisle because it's not really an aisle, but into these other communities and disabuse them of misinformation and convince them that you know they're not being governed by the devil, um, that these are all people trying to you know <laughs> trying to do the best that they can do and trying to understand the policies and the reasons for them and the contexts and the backgrounds. There are some emerging really great things that are going on at the same time, and they're going to talk about some of them, and I, I won't um, I won't uh, I won't steal any thunder from them. But uh, just, you know, a few of the projects that I thought there's these new models emerging as a result of the internet. Collaborations across borders. It's really profound when you see that um, people from the Middle East, people from the Far East, people from Africa, people from Central America can come together on a website, something like Global Voices, and there are many of these, and share what their experiences are so we can get this shared humanity and learn about each other. That's one thing. There's an emergence of investigative reporting on a nonprofit level. So there's this nonprofit media that's emerging. And I'm sure we'll talk about some of it. ProPublica is the big one that um, has been contracting with some of the traditional news outlets. At the same time, we have these open source media that are emerging where all kinds of people contribute to uh, a media source. There are problems with that sometimes with the accuracy, as we see with like Wikipedia, for example. Sometimes there's false information in Wikipedia. But they give you the sources and you can trace down the sources. This is kind of a profound development. Um, love them or hate them, WikiLeaks. 
You know, this is like a new model that has emerged as a result of the internet, where there are now this, there's this enormous amount of information where political scientists like me can go digging through this data and try to make sense of it, just like uh, my colleagues on this panel can. Um, so each of us now get to make this contribution and partner with the other journalists in bringing together these perspectives that may be missed or this information that may be missed. And each of us think about what is that missing piece? My contribution has been two things. One is uh, I saw that one thing that's missing, since I'm in uh, academia, I was like, you know, there's this missing element in media to bring to be the bridge or the portal into all that knowledge that scholars create and learn and find out. And so I created this thing called the Scholar's Circle, which is here in LA, it's on KPFK um, on Sundays, where people get to actually hear these scholars interact with each other about something pressing right now. Tomorrow it'll be homelessness, you know? How did we get here? What are the real solutions? Why aren't we looking at this? How are we letting a society fall, a huge section of society become homeless and look away? But it's like this every week. And then the other contribution was I actually studied media and what the effects are and tried to bridge what the scholarly knowledge is with something that's readable for the public in, in a book that I just wrote called Kill the Messenger, uh, The Media's Role in the Fate of the World. But um, this is something that we all get to now participate in and work with. And I think that each of the panelists works with um, their constituents and their listeners all in a very unique way. And I, um, I've gotten to hear some of it, and I'm just amazed at what they're doing. So why don't I turn it now to yeah. Sharon? <laughs>